proudest day and the proudest time and the, the seat of a relic here because that day and that hour and those minutes I got the butt between my teeth you know I really stood up and was counted and said this is not getting away I remember when we pulled on our helmets and Donald says to me what are we doing I said we're going for gold Barrett that's all we said I can still pick to that run that was just the best best run ever To Crimson Gears, the Rally Podcast, Season Two, Episode Twenty Two. Uh, Connor, it's that time of the week again. Yes, indeed, chance to catch up on all things rallying, and certainly another busy episode. That's for sure. That's for sure. Before we start, can you please like, share, rate, comment? All those things make a huge difference. And thanks once again to everybody that watched and listened and commented on last week's podcast as well. Too gratefully appreciate it. And there were some lovely comments coming. So thank you very much. And this episode we catch up with Josh McLean, he tells about his latest adventures. Jimmy McMillan from M Sport gives us kind of the where M Sport feel they're at going into Finland now as well. And then we look forward to Cork 20. It's 30 years ago James Collin won the car in a Group N Esport Cosworth. And like to one Cork 20 in a Group N car back then was something else. Um, huge James fan, now as probably everybody knows at this stage, so absolute pleasure to speak to him. Uh, also, Kevin O'Driscoll helps us look forward to the penultimate round of the Tarmac Championship. And then to finish up the show, something a wee bit different, uh, I caught up with John Doherty and Shane Barry. Uh, two guys riding horses from Donegal to Dingle. Not, uh, not an easy task by any manner of means, but it's for a fantastic charity event. Uh, but more of that later on. Uh, Connor, last weekend we had Roma de Capital, uh, the, the latest round of the ERC, and once again, um, our guys done us proud, or our guys and girls, I should say, done us proud. Absolutely, some cracking results there. Um, really strong performance. What do you call it, Patrick and Stephen O'Brien? I think that's their their first proper tarmac event in the Rally Two outside of Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what do you call it, Aoife Raftery with Ruin Comerford on board, and Aoife was fighting for female honours. And uh, well, if I'm right, second lady home and first in two wheel drive. Excellent, yeah, brilliant, brilliant. And then John Armstrong, you know what? You know we've said it numerous times, but we'll say it once again. Uh, John's one of those fantastic talents, you know, that come off this island, you know, himself and Cameron Fair. Um, uh, John now I think is he is ERC Rally Three champion, you know, by just starting the event. But like you know, the performance event last weekend, he you know demolished the rest of the Rally Three guys. And was mixing with some of the uh, R5 Rally 2 cars. Once again, sublime performance. Oh, look, incredible performance. And this is a car that's still under development as well. So it's not even the finished product. Um, But if you look at John and the ERC this year, five events, five class wins. You know, it's a fantastic record. Yeah. And again, you know, Cameron Fair as well. That's his first time to compete outside of the UK um, this year in, in the ERC Championship. And provisionally, he's going to be the Rally 3, um, what do you call it, champion co-driver as well. Just it's dependent on the next round in the Czech Republic. Excellent, excellent. And then, you know, this uh, weekend coming up, uh, we have Rally Finland and um, closer to home of the Cork 20 Rally. Um, Finland is going to be... <laughs> almost another an extension of uh, an Irish rally the amount of competitors we have I think it's 13 14 guys we have over there I think isn't it you know so 
that's going to be fantastic. You know, we have Josh and James out in the high Hyundai. Um, we also have Eamon Kelly and Connor Mokin. And then as well as that, then we have Brendan uh, Comiskey and Martin Conley out in the Rally 3 Fiesta. Looking forward to see how they get on, because they put in some great performance in the last rally in Estonia. I know Martin wasn't sitting with Britain at that stage. We also have John uh, Coyne, Enda McCormick and Paul Rowley. And, you know, those guys are all involved behind the scenes in the MI Rally Academy. So it's great for them to maybe bask in the, the, the you know, the, the glory of what how good this chunk, uh, the MI Rally Academy is coming. Oh, look, absolutely. And, you know, I'm sure it'd be a great buzz in, in around the service area with, with so many of the guys there and all their, you know, lend their support and their help and their knowledge and bringing the crack. Yeah, uh, you know, like we're, you know, the Irish are renowned for, you know, the feel good factor. And no doubt they'll bring that to the service area this weekend. And like, uh, not all the competitors, but a lot of them, Philip cases run them. Like, what, what Philip's done over the last few years has been phenomenal. Like, he has taken from humble beginnings in Letterkenny now and has, has set up a team now that's the, that's the envy of the, the you know the whole Rally 2 community now. Absolutely. And when you look at the results, look at the reliability, you know, the, 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 you know, the crews wouldn't be getting the results without reliable, well-serviced, well-set-up cars. And, you know, really the the work that, that, that Philip's doing and working so closely with Hyundai as well, you know, running the customer team. It's just incredible what, what's been done there. That's for sure. You know, they're obviously getting the great support from the Hyundai team. And that just, you know, that obviously is testament to the team itself, you know. But I think without further ado, we'll catch up with Josh McLean and get his thoughts and not only on uh, Finland, but the previous round that he done was Estonia. So yeah, Estonia probably turned out more positive than it set out to be. Um, Saturday and Sunday, we were quite closer to the to pace of the top boys. And yeah, after Fridays, we had some trouble and a good reset over Friday night and Saturday morning. And the pace came back, so uh, no, we were positive. It was a positive turnaround from that point of view, and yeah, to, to challenge these boys in in Estonia and try to go up them and yeah, let's say their backyard because most of them are Scandinavian and from that area of the world is is a challenge in itself. And yeah, to be there thereabouts by Sunday evening was was quite nice. Obviously, we're kind of out of touch from the top pack after Friday's troubles, but yeah, we had our own battles within that there and. Uh, it's a it was a good weekend. You mentioned Friday's troubles and you know challenging start for you to puncture on stage two, then you had intercom issues in stage four. Like, how much of a knock to the confidence was that? Uh, it definitely is. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Starting one of these rallies off on a bad foot is is not the nicest way to start them because everyone's on on the pace from the word go and if you get a setback at all you start to lose reach from from the top boys and yeah as the weekend goes on it starts to turn into where you're you're going to be by the end of the rally and, and where your position is because okay you might be a minute each way going into the last day and okay you want to still show some pace but you don't want to do something stupid because there's not so much to gain from that uh, but I think on Saturday we showed that whenever we had some battles to fight for, the pace was was good. And yeah, I think it was under half a second a kilometer off the top of top WRC two times, which yeah is the the top guys in the world. So it's uh, it's encouraging from that point of view. But uh, you always want to start these events in a strong foot because that's where the momentum comes from. 
And when you look at your, your times overall, I mean, 21 stages and there wasn't one single stage where you were outside of the top 10, even with the, the issues that you had on the Friday morning. I mean, you know, phenomenal pace there and a very consistent pace. I would say so. I would say consistency is probably the, the biggest thing to come out of the weekend. It's OK. Uh, I think in the past we could show that we set these top 10 times within WRC2, but the consistency really wasn't there from, from the start of the weekend to the end of the weekend. There was drop-off in pace, but I think from Saturday to Sunday, the, the split times alone were consistent within that, that pace. So it's always a positive to take from that there. And uh, yeah, going into Finland again is with the high speed continues and that's where you want to be because that's where everyone else is going to be at that, that top end. And yeah, from the word go, you want to be there, thereabouts. And you mentioned high speed. I mean, how would you describe the Estonian stages? What what are they like? Is there, is there a comparison or is there a combination of other events? I think that our time in the ERC from Poland and Latvia was a good contribution to the, to the improvement in pace. It's probably a mixture between them two events. Okay, Sweden's is slightly, slightly different from from the characters of the stages. But yeah, the, the stages in Poland and Latvia was good preparation going into here. We knew that was going to be the case. And uh, yeah, the stages themselves are quite crazy in places with these jumps. I'm sure most people have seen the the drivers maybe complaining sometimes about the jumps, but yeah, they're spectacular. And even the crowds and spectators along the way is sensational. And uh, it's probably a shame that it isn't in WRC next year because the format, the how the event is run and yeah, the, the thrill you get from from them stages, I think most of the stages you spend more time in the air than you actually do on the ground. But uh, yeah, it's it's big commitment. There's no doubt about it, and it's it's top level stuff. But to be there at that end is is a good feeling. You, you mentioned the jumps, and I suppose they were particularly evident on the Saturday stages. And you you know there were some artificial ones put into that. Like, are they a help or a hindrance? You know, would you prefer they weren't there, or does it add to the the the, the buzz? <laughs> I would say maybe our bodies wish they weren't there, but the the mind definitely definitely enjoys this. It's a serious thrill and adrenaline from it. Uh, okay, going into Finland again, there there is big jumps, but I would say Estonia jumps are are quite a lot harsher. Let's say in terms of the man-made ones because they're there to create a, spe- a spectacle, and uh, they definitely do that. So uh, no, it, it was definitely a sensation to go for them and at that speed, and yeah, to be trying to race these guys and get to the end of the stage and they're still time, taking some time out of you is, is still a bit more to go. But uh, yeah, there's places where we can see where it's getting lost. And okay, we're on the pace in some places, so it's good to patch this together and see where we can improve from. And Saturday was quite a long day and it was nine stages, but all sort of relatively short stages. I think the longest was 16.5K. For yourselves, trying to make up the time from Friday was was you know was that a bit painful? Would you prefer nice long stages on 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 the Saturday? Would it might have helped you to to make up the time a bit better, or did it not really impact? I think it's it's quite hard to to make time up with any length of stage it is, uh, especially on these roads with the the fast nature. The time is quite hard to find. Um, from a pure driving point of view and performance, it's it's quite difficult because everyone is on on the limit. There's there's no doubt about that. There, I think with WRC two especially, there's that many people fighting at the top end now that okay, there might be one person slacking off on stage, but there's obviously someone coming behind that that's going to be on the the pace and on the money. So uh, no, here 
it was good to get back onto that pace in the in the Estonia, obviously after Sweden as well with the with the roll. So uh, Saturday and Sunday were definitely a lot more straightforward than the the Friday. But uh, yeah, we wanted to carry that momentum into Finland there. And as an you know as a, as an outsider watching in, uh, you know the Sundays you know typically that it's tire saving for three stages and everybody gives it they're all in for for the fourth that didn't appear to be the case in Estonia you know there didn't seem to be as much talk or, or much evidence of tire saving and was is that the nature of the roads or was it just it wasn't noticed maybe or as noticeable uh, I would okay I would say tire wear maybe wasn't as high as maybe some rallies it could be uh the nature of the roads are quite fast. Okay, you still want traction, but the, the tire doesn't get as much hurt as, as some rallies. Um, and at the top end, I would I would say there was still a battle to be held for the the podium positions with the Evans and and Latvia and Neville. So uh, I would say from that point of view, it wasn't really talked about so much because them guys were still fighting and they they needed to. So, uh, but yeah, it shows you that Robin Perra can still win stages and and then go on to win the first stage with no matter what tire he's on. So uh, okay, it's a certain element of it, but it's not the not the be all and end all at the end of the day. Yeah, and what do you call it? He finished the event sixteenth overall and sixth in the WRC Challenger class. Is you know happy with that? Is that what you were aiming for? You know, are you there thereabouts? Ah, uh, yeah, I would say after Friday and going into the event, it wasn't so nice but yeah going into the Sunday that was really a realistic goal from a, a results point of view um, okay at the start of the weekend I think it would have been nice to challenge from from the start but sometimes okay WRC mindset might be a bit, little bit different from ERC where you can go flat out from the, the word go and, and last the whole stages with that pace I think we have to get more towards that in WRC because everyone else is at that level now so Going into Finland, we want to start on that foot and uh, go from there. So, uh, yeah, it, it was a good positive weekend from that point of view. More consistency was in the driving as well. So, uh, no, I think it was all around uh, a good weekend. Okay, maybe it wasn't the, the best in terms of results that we set out to go into it. Um, but it's all building going forward. And you mentioned Finland there and, and I suppose in the build-up to to Finland you've, you've had quite a bit of good seat time recently and some really good results with it as well so how are you feeling getting into Finland what's the preparation involved uh, I think the route's maybe 50% the same as last year so uh, we can do some homework before it let's say with videos and, and WRC plus so yeah it's uh, it's always special getting into Finland it's always the one that you watch growing up to go to these rallies and yeah the the roads here is quite sensational. Um, even from our experience last year, it was it didn't okay go so well last year, but we have to learn from that going into this year, and that's why that's why we're going back to to do to do better. Um, but yeah, the the preparation's going good. We've always done a lot of mileage up to this on fast rallies, so I think it's it's good to go in here and uh, yeah, let's step it up a bit more to to see where we come. And then, I suppose, prior to the event, will you have an opportunity to to test or in Finland? Uh, so yeah, we're we're testing on the Sunday before the event. We leave on Saturday, so it was <laughs> a quick stop over at home, get some preparation, get some washing done, and uh, go again. But yeah, there's no doubt it's uh, it's very good at the moment, and obviously everyone involved in the whole project is is looking to go steps ahead. So 
yeah, it's going to be nice to have obviously John Coyne in the team as well this weekend with the, the second car from, from Philip Case and Enda McCormick as well. So yeah, it's always a good laugh to have these boys around and yeah, I'm sure they'll, they'll have a battle themselves. That's it, listen, it's great to have the, the support and the, the comradeship as well, you know, with, with having as many MI over um, and, and, and crew, Irish crews as well. So, you know, fantastic. Um, and I'm sure it creates a bit of a buzz around the service area and and and, and then, what do you call it, um, what do you call it, getting the cars sorted and that. Um, with regard to benchmarking yourself, like, what do you call it, Fabrizio Zaldivar is the other high-end customer racing like you know are you you kind of watching what he's doing or are you doing your own thing is it more looking at the other wrc two contenders or challengers uh from a benchmark point of view i think it's always good to to benchmark off people with similar machinery and similar similar packages and yeah zaldivar and, and lindholm as well and as well as george and mi they've all the same car same package so it's uh it's nice to benchmark off them. I think Lindholm's a WRC2 champion from last year, obviously moved into Hyundai. So by the end of the rally, I think it was an average of 0.3 seconds per kilometre off him. So it's not so far away from that point of view. Um, and obviously battling with Zaldivar as well is is good. Um, he's in the, obviously the second works Hyundai and that's where we ultimately want to be. So yeah, you have to look at that there and, and try uh, benchmark off that because you have to beat these guys to to try get ahead of them. So uh, no, I think Estonia from that point of view and a car point of view, it's it's good to be in the mix with these people and uh, yeah, better. Uh, I know in the past you've worked with Timu Sinanen when he was in the the, the WRC two car. And will there be an opportunity through Hyundai to, to maybe work with Emil and Rita, or is that kind of hasn't been discussed yet, or? Uh, no, I think there's good plans going forward with Hyundai and the development of the car as well. So, uh, no, it's always good to have a close relationship with these people because everyone wants the same goal. And I think with Emil coming from a uh, Skoda background, he's been involved in the development of the, the new RS Skoda as well. So it's always good to have someone with that uh, caliber of knowledge and experience of developing the car. So, no, everyone's in the, the same boat here to try and make improvements and uh yeah, next month uh, there's some testing going on, so yeah, it's good to be involved in that. Yeah, and we mentioned Timu and a fantastic drive by Timu and taking fifth place overall, like uh, first time competitively in the Rally One car. Did you get a chance to speak to him at all at the event? Uh, yeah, I actually keep good contact with him. He's a good guy. He's helped me a lot over this past year, and uh, yeah, to get into that car and that rally at, at high speeds is and show that commitment is tremendous. And I think, uh, yeah, looking. Going forward ahead, obviously, he's going into Finland now, his home territory, and he's uh, he's on the crest of a wave with, with from that point of view. So, yeah, there's no doubt I think he's got the pace and the potential to, to carry on with that programme. And, yeah, it's, uh, it's good to show uh, what Craig uh, left off to do. Yeah, huge thanks to Josh there for taking the time to chat. He literally was only home for, you know, a day or two, home to change your clothes, jump back on a plane again to head to um, Finland. Um, and again, like a cracking result for himself and James, 16th overall in Estonia. And hopefully, you know, with the two events back to back that uh, he'll continue to carry that speed in Finland. And then also just mentioned from Estonia and, and Finland again connected. Uh, don't forget Aaron Johnson taking, you know, sitting with um, Takamoto and Takamoto just really was 
out of sorts in Estonia, just didn't seem happy at all with his own performance. So, you know, hopefully the team can can help Taka get back on track again and a good, strong Finland. I suppose Finland's his second home. Um, so we'd be hopeful there that, you know, that that kind of helps soothe the, the, the nerves or the whatever is just affecting him at the moment. Yeah. Um, and then also just with regard coming out of Estonia and going into Finland again, I caught up with Jamie McMillan from M Sport. So Jamie is the chief engineer for Oitanix Car. So it was a chance to have a chat about that five minute penalty and uh, what do you call it? Just, you know, what the mood is like in the team. Being a, a you know, we can't can't downplay it. It's been a tough few months for M Sport. High is morale within the team. Yeah, it's okay. Um, we're used to sort of just yeah picking ourselves up and, and keep battling on. At the end of the day, that you know it's our job, so we have to we have to keep keep battling through and and um, trying to overcome the sort of the adversities and everything that's that's chucked at us. So um, there's no question the the work ethics there and the guys are you know really working hard from from all different levels, right up from the from the very top to the guys in the in the workshop. So um, you know the motivation's still there ultimately. You know the championship fight seems a little bit um, of a long shot now, but ultimately we still want to, you know, go to each event and um, put on the best, the best performance we can, and, and fight for you know the very minimum podiums and, and rally victories for you know the last few few events of the season, and really try and um, finish off on, on an upward upward trend. And I, I suppose there's a couple of things there. One, you, you, because you're only running two cars compared to the other teams running three. If there is an issue, it's probably more highlighted the fact that you know that, that there's something there. Um, and again, all of the teams are having their own issues with, with certain things. You know, you see certain weaknesses and certain rallies with, with, with particular cars. And then I suppose that other piece where you know, again, you, you have one hand tied behind your back con- compared to budgets of, of the other, you know, Toyota and Hyundai as well. So I mean, you know, there's a, there's a lot there. Um, last time we we spoke. The, the issue was probably around suspension because I had had compared the Puma to a wooden horse. Um, now I know there's been quite a bit of work there, and you've actually brought upgrades. Um, I, I think you brought an upgrade there. What do you call it? To um, Sardinia uh, from the suspension side of things. How is that work? Has that has that kind of solved the problem, or has it brought you in the right direction? Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a constant development path. To be fair, so. Um... As I mentioned before, you know, Ryder work very closely with us. They come to, to all of the tests and um, they're constantly developing the dampers from, from their side. So they're coming with new ideas and, you know, that works in combination with it, with us. So the en- engineers at M-Sport and, and the guys at Ryder work very closely together and it's included in, you know, a lot of those conversations too to really get a clear idea of, of what he's looking for and what we also see from the data and what we think is, is required for, for different events. So, you know, I think... Without going through event by event, I would say, you know, on every rally this year, we've probably had some evolution of, of damper spec. Um, you know, it hasn't just been a matter of pulling a damper from from last year or from the previous event. You know, we are constantly working and, and fine-tuning things to to try and get it into a better window. So, yeah, he did have some, or we brought some upgrades for, for Kenya for the rougher sort of events. And then Estonia and Finland, you're met with a slightly different different challenge. So um, you need a very different, damper philosophy for for those sorts of events too so it's not quite so much about the and uh, the big damper inputs from rocks and from um you know running higher ride heights it's more to do with giving the car a little bit more support and and you need some jump protection there as well so you'll still be going to to full stroke but in a slightly different manner and you're running much lower ride heights as well so um it's very much a different challenge and um yeah 
we've been developing quite a bit in both the Estonia Test and the, the South Estonia Rally, um, which I did before the, the main WRC event in Estonia. Um, and then the guys were in Finland again last week, so I went straight from Estonia Rally to the Finland Test and did some more work there. So yeah, it's a it's a constant sort of evolution and, and development path. And then when we move on to to Greece and, and Chile again, it'll be slightly different philosophy needed. Um, Greece will be probably you know more along the lines of Sardinia and Kenya. Chile might be a little bit more similar to Estonia and Finland. So yeah, it's it's a bit of a um, a balancing act between you know what you want in terms of grip and traction, and then also keeping some some support and and rigidity and, and feedback to the driver. So yeah, all those sorts of things come into play and that's where you know it, it can have such a big effect on how the car handles and it has to go hand in hand with the suspension geometry and and the ride heights and the rake that you're running on the car as well and i alluded to estonia there were struggling in, in the ruts in some places on the stages like again high you know how can you cure that or, or is there just a, a level where you, you you know you're just going to struggle when they're deep ruts and that's it yeah, I think Estonia on on Saturday in particular was a little bit more difficult because you have you did the same stages before coming back to service, so you did first and second pass. So, um, you maybe couldn't make the same style of setup changes that you would in a sort of conventional rally format, where you'll do three loops of first pass stages, come back to service, make some changes, and then go out again. So, yeah, the guys can make still make ride height and, and click adjustments on you know between the between the loops, but um. Out of everybody, especially on Saturday, I probably had you know the biggest road evolution um, because he was running first on the road and in the morning, and then going into a second pass condition. So, um, yeah, I mean, lot, drivers also like different um, setups for for first and second pass, just in terms of the the handling. Some some drivers are quite happy to have some impacts in the guard and um, feel some inputs into the into the chassis whereas some other drivers would rather run a little bit higher and um allow the suspension to do you know a little bit more of the absorption so um yeah there's a combination of different factors there and yeah i think um the ruts in estonia can be can be one of the bigger challenges just because of how big a difference is between first pass where it's you know real smooth fast roads and then going to the second pass where it can be quite quite tricky and quite tough in the car as well and um, one of the other issues earlier in the year was, you know, there was a, a high number of DBs on the on the the, the wheels, um, particularly in the earlier rougher events in the year, the the, the rough events earlier in the year. Um, am I right in thinking you changed the design of the the, the rims to to deal with that? Yeah, yeah. So there's a, there's a rim design change which we um, introduced for Estonia. So. Um, yeah, again, it's been a bit of a uh, one of those things. It's, it's a work in progress as well. You know, constant sort of evolution of the design, and and we find some things with with a certain design, and then we fine tune them to to suit other requirements. And then you know we we encounter some other some other issues. So um, yeah, I mean, this is we've, we've had multiple evolutions of, of the rims, um, th- you know, over the years. And to be honest, midway through last year, we were thought we were we were really sort of on top of the issue. Um, I think the last sort of six months we didn't have, you know, so many um debating issues last year. Um there was just one in, in New Zealand, but that was quite a um unique DB that wasn't the sort of conventional DB that you see. So um yeah, Craig did suffer from that. But um 
yeah, we, we clearly seen it was an issue again earlier in the year and um, the the guys at M Sport and you know worked quite closely with with OZ and managed to bring um, an updated design you know a lot sooner than you would normally expect you know the lead times are normally pretty pretty long for these sorts of things and it's quite big orders so um, it's, it's not a, a cheap thing to go and go and do either and suddenly change a massive um, you know a lot of wheels that you have on order so um, yeah it, it was good to be able to get those you know that thing sort of design change turned around quite quickly and, and into into circulation and hopefully you know touch wood we can we can keep on top of that from from now on and one of the things we saw an issue with was water splashes in safari for toyota and then um, sardinia for yourselves um like i know you do your engineers recce uh prior to the event like and water splashes obviously they're spectacular for photographers for the for you know wrc live etc it looks great but do you dread when you're when you're coming up to one in the road going this is just going to create problems like how do the teams you know what do the teams feel about it or what do the engineers feel about it yeah you know the entertainment's all part of it and the photos and stuff yeah as you say they, they are spectacular but you know i think the big thing is just the the pressure of the water again into it and everything it surprises you just how far it goes and how much damage it can create so you know listen these it's all it's part of rallying and, and i'm not going to say that you know we shouldn't be doing the, the water splashes i think that's it's completely um you know it, it's part of the the, the allure for you know photographers and all the rest of it so um it, it's part of the challenges it's one of the things that we need to um work towards you know being able to survive you know that's just one of the things we need to do um i think there, there's a there's a there's a fine line between a normal water splash and a proper river crossing i don't think like some of the ones were maybe a little bit extreme in certainly in sardinia where you're going through a proper um river crossing it's maybe 20 or 30 meters long in that case you know it's a little bit um, questionable that the cars are, are built for, for those sorts of things um, but yeah ultimately we have we have things in place to to allow the cars to go through there without issue and um, you know it's it's a it's a fine balance between you, we've got what we call what we call a splash valve so um, that will ultimately starve the the engine of some air depending on where you're you're taking your air from um, so yeah, you can quite quickly stall or have issues with not getting enough air into the engine when you're using the splash valve, or if you don't use the splash valve, then you can get water into the engine and that causes its own its own problems. So yeah, we had a little bit of a combination of issues, and I think obviously you've seen Toyota had you know struggle a little bit as well, and I think Hyundai earlier on in the in the rally maybe had one or two issues too. So um, yeah, I think all the teams went away and did a little bit more thinking and a little bit more development and design into sort of overcome those and i think um yeah i think all teams had slightly different solutions in place by by kenya which was quite a quick turnaround for for all of us so yeah we went did a little bit more testing ourselves and were able to come up with um a fix that we think was was better than what we had in in certain but yeah ultimately it was yeah really disappointing that something like that is um as maybe trivial as it can as it can seem can can put you out of a rally and you know cost us a, a big chunk of points it is no it's very unfortunate it's something out of your control but it is within the control of the organizers so it, it is unfortunate and again even if snorkels had been reintroduced and you know for safari well that still wouldn't have solved you know sardinia so uh, yeah yeah it's, it's a bit of a tough one to see you know a car 
ruled out of contention because of of you know water in the engine. And speaking of engines, um, you know, unfortunately in Estonia we saw the the five minute penalty uh, for for the change of engine. I suppose what you know from from your own side, I'm sure it was extremely frustrating because it's not like you you know you just pop an engine in there and that's it. It's like a, there's a whole process that goes into place before that happens. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, as we've talked about before, you know, we're, we're doing the best we can at every, every opportunity to give out the best um, possible tools to go and to go and win rallies. And um, Estonia was obviously a good, a good option to bring a fresh engine to, to go and, and compete, especially on its home event. And we were, you know, targeting that as a, you know, a clear rally where we should be, you know, right up there and, and pushing for the victory. So yeah, it made it all the more disappointing finding out the, the issues after scrutineering and um yeah as, as you mentioned we we don't just build an engine and put it straight in the car you know it has its own proper dyno test procedure and um you know it gets run at um the test facility at m sport and we do a proper shakedown on it and everything gets gets checked and yeah ultimately you know looking back at, at the data and the information i don't think we would necessarily have done anything differently either you know it wasn't clear anything from the from our initial Shakedown and test M Sport that there were any um, any issues. So yeah, it was a case of it seems bad time and bad luck. I don't know, but um, unfortunately that's that's where we we ended up with it. And yeah, yes, no, very very disappointing, very unfortunate. Particularly, you know, you'd put an awful lot of effort in with the the pre Estonia testing, competing in the local rally beforehand, which each one, and you know, obviously as home event and stuff as well, and. Toyota brought an upgrade to Estonia, obviously for them to compete directly with with Hyundai. Where are you? You know, where's M Sport at with regard to engine upgrades and, and the Puma? So yeah, we we brought a, a software upgrade as well to to Estonia. So um, yeah, and it's always you know constant development and evolution with with small you know finer things that you can tweak and tune to to suit certain events and conditions. So. Um, yeah, th- those guys are obviously pushing really hard from an engine side, and they've got a lot of resource behind them to go and um, to go and do that. And you know, I think they're bringing little bits here and there. And um, ultimately, you know, from the regulation standpoint, there, there shouldn't be you know a big difference between um, between the engines. But um, yeah, it's all about maximizing every finer detail and, and you know marginal gains. It's all it's all part of it. But yeah, as I said, we we brought some some software tweaks to. Um, to Estonia, which was something that I had been pushing for from from quite early on in, in the year, and um, yeah, that was our, our sort of target was was introduction for Estonia, and we, we did the testing on that, and um, felt there were some some good improvements there. So yeah, we're we're pushing hard on that side as well. And during the event, there was an issue around Pierre Louis getting a, a penalty for the the high wrong use, or misuse of the the hybrid mapping how do, how does that hybrid mapping work um you know what i suppose what is available to the crews and and who dictates it or who has an input into it so yeah that's a, a reasonably uh, complex question there's quite a few different pr- parameters going on there so um in terms of an actual um boost allocation so um the amount of energy you have per per boost event that's regulated by the the FIA so it's dependent on the surface, so it's different sort of values in there between gravel, tarmac, and snow, um, and then it's dependent on the stage length. So the shorter stages, you get a little bit more energy um, because it's a shorter time period to use your your total 
your total energy. So you shouldn't run out of um, or run too low in state of charge in, in the shorter stages. And in the longer stages, you use a little bit less um, because you're going to be using it a little bit more before you can charge the hybrid on the road section again. Um, so yeah, every stage um, you have a different energy allocation, generally speaking, unless you go to two stages and they're very similar in length, then maybe they'll have the same energy allocation. But um, you know, we have it set up in the dash that the, the co-driver will go through a, a process just to change stage number after every stage. And it, it also automates some of his um, stage distances and, and TC times that come up on his on his dash. So um, it's part of just the normal procedures for, for the co-drivers. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, on this occasion, I think um, it was just a, a an error, or, you know, pressing a button one one too many times or, or something along these these lines. So yeah, um, we, we've put some stuff in place you know, prior to that, we, we thought we were on top of um, sort of alarms and warnings to make sure the crew were able to um, see if, if they were, you know, had made a mistake or whatever. But, um, yeah, we've made some more changes for, for Finland. So hopefully that, that doesn't happen again. You know, it's it's not something that should should ever um, cause an issue or ever result in a time penalty. And, you know, ultimately, I don't think Pierre Lee really, you know, gained a massive amount and it was just a an honest mistake. So, um, yeah. I think the five second penalty was probably, you know, in the grand scheme of it, it's it's, it's fair, you know, that's that's how it has to be. Um, it's regulated by the FIA, so if you run in a little bit outside of those those limits, then you get you get penalised. So, um, yeah, that's about it. And you know, it, it's another complexity to driving the the Rally One cars, and we've seen some of the the regular WRC drivers still, you know, not a hundred percent there yet with the Rally One cars, like. How much more difficult are they to drive? Uh, um, I think, um, what do you call it, Timu Sunan in there alluded to a little bit, you know, about having to change his braking style with regard to the regen, etc. So, you know, how, how, how tough is it just to get into one of those cars and go? Um, it's a tricky question. I think, you know, to, to jump in the car and drive, you know, if you've driven an R5, then you're already used to the, the manual, manual gear shift and, um, you know, you're used to how the internal combustion engine and, you know, how to fire it up and you're used to all the dashes and, and things like this. So to, to drive on a normal level, I think is okay, but to really make the step up and understand what the what the hybrid's doing and when you need to regen and when you've got boost available and where to use it, um, I think that's a much bigger sort of mental challenge. And that's probably the bit where um, Timu was, was alluding to, you know, no doubt you could you could jump in the car and, and drive it very fast, but you need to be driving, you know, right at the very top level to be to be competitive with the other guys. And I think that's the the additional few percent where you need to be um, you know, fully understand the, the hybrid strategy, how it works and and different teams have it set up in different ways in terms of what um cues the drivers get to tell them whether they're regening or whether they've got boost available, different lights and different dash sequences. So um yeah, you know, we can dumb it down and make it very, very easy and just have it as, you know, sort of black and white for, for a driver coming in and jumping in the car for the first time. But if you want to really make the most out of, out of it, then, um, yeah, it gets a little bit more, a little bit more complex. Like, is there, you know, is there training sessions for, for the drivers to, to really get the most out of it? Or, or you know, how, how do you assist them? Well, yeah, I, th I think you, you need to, first of all, try and speak with them to make sure they've got a proper understanding of the system and how it works. So there's, um, you know, throttle targets in there and and 
brick pressure targets that allow you to to regen. So, um, you know, they need to be aware of what that feels like in reality. You know, okay, you can say 30% throttle and you can say five bar brake pressure, but quite often a driver may not know what that actually feels like or, um, you know, what does it actually feel like on the pedals or, you know, how hard is five bar? You know, it's not actually all that much when you when you put it in, into reality. So, um, yeah, there's, there's a driver training line that you need to, um, you need to sort of sit them down and just make sure they're they're on board and, and understand it. Um, and yeah, that's that's something we've done with, with all the guys. And certainly, um, Adrian and Craig had a you know a good advantage sort of a, a couple of years ago where we knew it was coming for for a year, so we were able to get them fully um, embedded into our strategy and, and how we were going to optimize the hybrid. And you know that's something that Oit's been um, on top of as well. You know, Hyundai used theirs. Well, I think all manufacturers use their hybrid in slightly different ways and slightly different manners in terms of how they um, use use the boost and um, the, we can homologate different calibrations. So um, they'll all have slightly different ways of of using it. So yeah, that's it's all part of the part of the game now as it, as it is in in, in Rally One and um, yeah, I, I think it's probably something that could be opened up a little bit more to, to spectators to probably understand it a little bit better and. Um, you know, with, with the TV graphics, graphics and stuff, it it goes a small way to show them what's going on. But um, yeah, it, it is part of the performance, and you can see. Um, I think Terry didn't have the hybrid on the power stage, and it, it is a it is a sizable advantage when you when you have it now compared to whenever you're you're sort of struggling struggling with it, and maybe not either on top of the system of how it works and getting the most out of it. But then also whenever you have hybrid issues and you don't have anything, then for sure you're gonna you're gonna struggle a bit. Yeah, I, I can only imagine as as a team who hires out, you know, or the rally one cars for you to get somebody up to speed. I'm sure it can be quite challenging, so that they are getting the best of their experience as well. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's exactly it. And I think what one aspect of it is driving in the stage, and I think um, it, it can quite quickly be information overload, and and a lot of the time you just need to get them to jump in the car and understand the the puma itself before you even worry about hybrid. Just say you know it'll sort itself out in the background. You you focus on driving, um, and it takes you know a matter of time and a matter of um, hours in the car and test days and rallies before maybe they can they can make the most out of, out of it. But probably the more, um, well, I say I say important, but yeah. Ultimately, the more important aspect for for one of the guys new new crews jumping in the car is understanding um, the, the systems in terms of going in and out of EV mode and how to use the hybrid in the road section because, um, yeah, that can cost you uh, a lot of time and penalties if, if you don't get it into EV mode or you're getting hybrid errors and you don't have the hybrid turned on and all these sorts of systems and fail-safes that are in place. Um, yeah, they need to be right on top of that as well. Mm. And what do you call it? Um, in testing, we, we've seen a few images of uh, a modified rear wing. Uh, is that kind of the next joker to be played, a homologation joker, or is that just something that's being looked at maybe for next year and, and it's maybe not a priority for yourselves? Yeah, as you said, it's been analysed and, and assessed and doing some some durability mileage on it as well. So with all these sort of options for, for homologation jokers, you don't want to just throw it on and, and do you know one test day with it and then put it straight into a rally because you for sure you'll you'll come unstuck by sort of rushing things through and you'll end up having having more issues. So um yeah we're still evaluating what, what options we have 
for the back end of the year. Um, we know what the reader wing gives us now. We've got some good some good data from it from the test days. Um, and now we're just evaluating whether we think that's the best use of a joker or whether we um, use a joker somewhere else to, to make it more, more comfortable in the car. So, um, yeah, there's, there's some things, some packages to be to be evaluated as well in terms of, um, you know, multiple jokers. So if we use the rear wing, then maybe we wouldn't have enough jokers left to, to do something else. So, um, yeah, it's, it's all part of the, the studies going on. So it's not quite, um, quite pulled pulled the trigger on it yet. Um, but yeah, we, we have the data there now and we, we know what it gives us. And then it's just a matter of deciding if and when we want to want to introduce it. And what do you call it? Is, is the list, Oit's list getting any shorter yet? Or is it still, still, you know, plenty on it? It's getting longer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no, no. Listen, every event we're, we're, we're bringing stuff, you know, I have to say the guys are pushing really hard. You know, the whole team really is um, doing as much as we possibly can to, to get them as comfortable as possible. And, you know, we, we, we're pushing as, as, as much as we can. And yeah, as I say, every event there's been there's been something something coming something new whether it's just even the smaller things like trying to make it more comfortable and inside the car in terms of cockpit changes and cockpit setup or or you know is it the bigger things like dampers and, and suspension geometries and um yeah we're, we're, we're constantly you know trying and pushing to to, to get it more more suited to him you know ultimately it's quite clear he's not he's not happy um sort of to, to push on the limit on, on stage after stage um so yeah i think we've 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 done big changes to, to various areas in the car um with you know within the regulations in terms of what we can do with with homologation so you know that's it's all part of it and now yeah we're, we're on to evaluating options that would require jokers and stuff to um to sort of put them into a position where we can we feel you can you can push and, and sort of widen that that window of performance at the minute is is maybe a little bit narrow. And speaking of you know performance now, Finland got mixed. Um, Oit had six stage wins in Estonia, despite everything else that was going on in the background. You've had two days of testing. You've also had uh, last Saturday you took part in a local rally there, the the highest center. Where do you feel you're at now going into Finland? Um, are, are you in a good place, especially with coming off, you know, su- such a short period of time from Estonia? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, as you say, you know, there was stage winning performance in, in Estonia. Um, and, yeah, I, I sort of laid a marker down there on the Friday. And I think, um, yeah, it was a real shame that we couldn't, uh, you know, roll with that and see where it would have ended us um, at the end of the rally if it wasn't for the penalty, I think. Yeah, moving forward, that's something maybe the FIA should look at is maybe apply the, the five minute penalty at the at the end of the rally rather than um, after the first day because yeah, having Oit then opening the road on Saturday it was a real shame we never really got a, a proper gauge on how competitive he would have been against against Cali and Thierry. I know, yeah, the Hyundai's are, are pushing on a bit now and are getting a little bit more comfortable in the high speed events and Cali's obviously um, <laughs> been how he is for for over a year now, but. I would like to think that he wouldn't have had it quite so easy. Um, had had Oit been, you know, beside him on the road, and um, yeah, Oit would have been able to, I'm sure, you know, push a little bit more. I know, yeah. At the end of the day, opening the road, you're always going to have a disadvantage, and you know, he still wasn't comfortable with the car. But um, I, I would like to think that he would have been, you know, still 
still on it and, and there thereabouts with, with, with Cali if, if the road position had been a bit more favourable. So, yeah, moving forward to Finland without any, any penalties, hopefully we, we bank some good um, some good times on, on Friday and uh, we can see where, where the weekend takes us. And, yeah, I think back end of the year now, we just need to, as I say, target to target podiums and, and rally victories and see where we end, we end up at the end of the year. And have you had a chance to see your recce yet? Oh, so I'm, I'm skipping this one. So I've, I've done quite a few this year. So, um, yeah, we've got uh, a couple of colleagues, Bernardo and Austin, are out there doing their, their first day, first day recce in today, I think. Um, and then they'll finish the rest of the stages tomorrow. And any feedback, what it's looking like, or, or, or just expecting the same as, as previous years? Well, yeah, I mean, the, st- the stages are fairly similar. There's a few new ones in there as well, but I think there's been quite a lot of rain in the, in the area um, in the last couple of weeks, and I think there's still a, a chance of rain going through into the weekend. So, yeah, that could um, have a factor in things. Obviously, Pierre-Louis had quite a well, a very wet um, rally there at, at the weekend, so um, he should be in a, you know, a, a good position, I guess, in terms of... Um, understanding the, the finished roads in, in really wet, tricky conditions. And um, yeah, it's quite a difficult balance with, with those sorts of things in terms of car setup because there's still still high speed, fast roads with, with jumps and all the rest of it. So um, if there's a lot of rain, you also want it to be have as much grip and traction as possible. So it's a real balancing act there in terms of how you set the car up for those sorts of stages. So yeah, I think weather could end up playing a part by the looks of it, certainly with the slightly longer term forecast with four or five days to go yet so a lot could change but um yeah i think it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how it all all pans out but hopefully we're in a we're in a good position and we can can make the most of whatever weather we get that's it fingers crossed for a bit of luck and uh what do you call it uh you're you're more than overdue it (laughs) yeah exactly exactly fingers crossed what can what can we say you know gotta just keep on working away and you know as I say the whole team's working as hard as possible to keep bringing bringing upgrades and, and getting away as, as comfortable as you can be in the car and hopefully you know it pays dividends and we can at least have a good good end of the season and get some good points on the board Fascinating conversation here with Jamie and you know you know out last year had a horrible Estonia and then went into Finland and had a cracking rally you know so and then you know M Sport are due a wee bit of luck so fingers crossed it all comes together for them now at the weekend um, also this weekend coming up now we have the Cork 20 rally closer to home to not that we're in the tournament championship and um, it's going to be fascinating battle once again you know with all the main protagonists there you know Callum Devine three ones in the trot um, does he drive with the championship in mind does he go for it we'll have to wait and see <laughs> but 30 years ago Cork 20 you know there was a, a, a very good quality lineup and the man started number one on, with the, on the car finished number one at the end of the rally. It was James Combe and Ellen Morgan beside him on the notes. Uh, James was driving a group N escort Cosworth back then and like it probably it shouldn't have been the charity one, but it did. But anyway, more less of me talking and more of James. So let's hear the story from James. Uh, James Cullen, it's been a while since we caught up, but it's thirty years since you won the Cork twenty rally and with Cork twenty coming up this weekend, we thought it'd be nice to catch up and have a, a, a chat. Ninety three uh, a year in the Group A and the Escort Cosworth. Well, a year it was good to you, James. Uh, it was very good, and, and like you say, uh, 30 years ago. 30 years ago, I remember. I <laughs> might not just remember everything, but as I say, uh, you always remember the good bits, and that was a very good year. Um, probably one of the better years we had since the first first real season, I actually did. Um, so it was good, and it came about that 
a, a funny way through bits of trials and tribulations. But um, beginning of the year, we're trying to buy Alistair McRae's Sierra. So that was the plan was to do some rallies and that. And then uh, the whole thing came through Shell UK, through Steve Black and SBG. We're building the Scott Shell Scholarship cars. <clears throat> and they were doing a car for Gundad last year in the Vectra colours or something like that. So um, long story short, we got on under that umbrella one somewhere or other, so the whole thing kicked off. Uh, we missed Galway, but we debuted the car in the circuit, so that was the debut of the Escort Cosworth as a rally car, as a car in an Irish rally. Uh, group M, now it would be nice to have Group A, but it was Group M. It was a brand new car, lovely car, state-of-the-art, proper Group N car. And the circuit big long rally, so it was great to get settled in, and uh, we ended up third, <clears throat> third in the circuit, which was nice, like, which was great. So everybody was all happy, and on we went, like, and the, it, the thing just kept uh, picking up and going on, and everybody stayed on board. And we went to Killarney, uh, for a second in Killarney, uh, two gearboxes. <laughs> You know, and it's it's the difference between a proper team uh, having the funding, having the, the people to run us. Like it was, uh, it was as good a team as anybody had there. Yes. Um, Chris Dale was the coordinator of SPGs, mechanics, uh, including our guys and Joe and all that. But I remember, like we broke gearbox coming off some hilly. Uh, I think we must have changed it. Uh, I definitely remember there was two, at least two gearboxes to get us through Clarity because Clarity was dry and it didn't sit the didn't mm-hmm. sit the stop the transmission of, the, of that car like but mm-hmm. uh, it was a good result <clears throat> and um, barely won it we were second I can't remember who was third now but it was a great like a great rally and uh, there was a couple of in those days there were a few night stages and all that so it was like it was great to do that and then we just kept going on to Donegal which was the big one for us and mm-hmm. you know. And you were coming in the car, you couldn't run and was a wee bit, you know, not, not disappointing, but um, you would love to have got some way to find a Group A car to have a go, but sort of mm-hmm. didn't anyway, but then we finished third, so we didn't do, we didn't do too bad, like, you know, so. I could probably, at that stage, the, the Group A and one and third overall was probably every bit as good as the one, because like there was no way you were going to catch like, uh, Bertie or Austin and them guys in the Group A car, and you were ahead of a lot of really good other cars as well. It was dry tarmac, so there, you know it was mm-hmm. uh, it was good, and uh, we were in the top three all the time. You know, and, and um, there was a lot of right good guys behind us, so everybody was happy. And then particularly Shell, and they kept everything they kept on going. You know, mm-hmm. and then we're leading the tarmac championship in Group N. Uh, what did we do? Oh, we went to the Ulster. Yeah, yeah. and. Uh, what happened? We didn't finish the Ulster. I think it was uh, transmission problems, wasn't it? Uh, uh, it was, uh, one of them. Real weight length in the car was transmission. Uh huh. Service and um, well, Don or somewhere like that. Uh, out of service. Uh, at the time patrol, first gear coming away from the time patrol. Bang. Second gearbox. <laughs> so we chased it along the side of the road. Uh, you know, and then you chase cars in all those days, like a full panic, and the boys pulled a, a flyer, like you hope to get. Uh-huh. So we landed up to the, 
the next stage in a, a bold panic and like us 15 minutes maximum latency. And uh, we reckon we were there within the 15 minutes. Uh, remember Tony Pondon that year in the Metro, we Metro run back the field. Yes. So he was keeping everybody back and getting everybody out of the road and was for the timekeeper. And, uh, there's a certain timekeeper who shall remain nameless who became a very senior <laughs> official. And uh, that person said, no, we were X number of seconds over 15 minutes. And Ellen reckoned we weren't and blah, blah, blah. They were there, so uh, pack up and go home. Mm-hmm. But we're still in the championship, and it took us out of the overall championship a wee bit, like, you know. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we got the offer then to go to the Manx, which wasn't in our programme at all, because it was outside of the Buckler and all, you know, okay, all the guests. Yes. Uh-huh. <clears throat> so I said, go to the Manx, because Gundalf going, and the Shell Scholarship cars going, and we can, uh, we can sort of nurse you along at the back of that. Just mm-hmm. go, finish the rally, get the group end thing, and then like, uh, we'll go and do Cork, and then... Mm-hmm. So we headed off to the Manx, um, behaved ourselves as best we could. Gundalf <laughs> uh, was on a flyer, like he was on a mission, basically to prove how good he was. You know, he was looking for drive the following year, obviously, and all that. So mm-hmm. uh, we tied along behind that second group, and leading the Irish side of it, so maximum points. And then Gundalf got a puncher, I think, or something like that. And then we were a bit sixth or seventh or run around seventh or eighth or something and uh Llewellyn was in front of us in the box up. So it was like a wee bit of um kudos and between the whole boys like and tires and mm-hmm. uh we asked the question got out in the, on the dark stages like could we have could we have a go now over the next four stages just and we'll get sixth and then we'll we'll do we'll settle back in and finish the last day. So uh and I just wanted to have a go at see how we got on head to head with Gunda. Mm-hmm. Obviously, everybody else. So we're let off the lease then for four stages. So, uh, and that was good. Like we had some, we had a couple of great times on it and settled back. Uh, that left us in we won, with the championship in Group N1. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might have been a camp number second or someone in the overall. <clears throat> so that left us going to Cork. And the big difference that year was like I had time in the car and that makes a, a huge difference. Like, you know, we just uh, didn't have to worry about money. You know, I knew I was doing the rallies. You could plan the rallies, go and do the reggae. Everything was sorted out. But a great team behind us all. I did just go and drive the car. And it was the right, right good car, like, you know. So mm-hmm. end up going to Cork, can we? And that was, a, that was a big one for us, like to one an oh. international. Event. And only, I'd only been done once before that. Uh, somewhere in Italy, wasn't it? Or something like that? Uh, no, I think it was one of the Ericsson's in Ivory Coast. Oh, right, yeah, okay. Because right. the manufacturer's title or something, the driver's championship didn't turn up, but he wanted to work master, but it was a good event. Right, okay. And uh, that's uh, your man, Lukanuk, won one. There's only three, as far as we know. Like oh, he won ever? A, yes. A, a European Championship somewhere in, in, in Evo 10. Uh-huh. You know, before he moved on to the uh to be a proper name no the, the r5 rally two uh, uh, uh-huh. a fairly serious guy russian guy yeah uh-huh. uh yeah uh, i wouldn't say he's a header but he's got fairly serious speed <laughs> <up>. <laughs> <laughs> and uh i think that's the three like you know so that yes. was a, that was a great event for us like and that was worked out great it was wet yeah and uh big chat you know and, and uh frank god rest him, was there in the Group A car, Liam O'Callaghan, and, and, and no, Stephen Murphy, and yeah, a few other guys like that. John Price and Nick Patterhurst, and, and you know, uh, there was a you know a, a quality field there. Quality field, like, and you know, 
I think I remember guys like some of them ones that they heard a one about Kilimatra and Malkinish and all, you know, they were just drivers, proper driving stages. So we did that. Um, when I left from the start, which was the big thing, you know. Yes. Oh, you didn't, you didn't get right. number right. one, right. you didn't right. pick right. up after somebody else's problem. After, after four or five stages, or I can't remember, you know, but we let it from the start, which was an important thing, and then we just had to, you know, watch it, and then remember, was the Sunday was like monsoon conditions, mm-hmm. like, it's okay, we were a wee bit on the edge because there was no floods of water, <clears throat> just been easy to throw the whole thing away, and you were very nervous, and um, <laughs> as it turned out, I think we got a puncher in the last stage. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe you know, it was a back it was in the back and we we talked to manager and everybody that were, you know, mm-hmm. all good and everybody happy. So Yeah, and like you know, like that going into Sunday, like you you were like over two minutes ahead, maybe even over three minutes going in and into Sunday. Was that almost more difficult than f- driving like, you know, f- you know, battling for seconds? Well see the first road and uh, the, the conditions were fairly serious because I've seen a Couple of years ago, someone someone had a bit of in car. I don't know where it came out. It was like uh, nearly overshot somewhere or something like that. And you could see the conditions, but uh, with a group in car, like you just you're always with you know the, the the wet helped a bit, but we're still on the same gearbox, and you're always waiting for it to you know at go. We had done five gearboxes during the year, like two and done a two in Clarny and two in the Ulster, and the change one the Manx it was okay. They just changed it anyway, like you know, but. I just you just be nervous naturally. Anybody's leading a rally in the last day. Uh-huh. It doesn't you're nervous and you hear everything. That's just part and it doesn't matter uh-huh. who you are. It's just oh she's about the only man maybe, but maybe I'll say he's he listens fairly intently to in the last day. <laughs> no, you know, uh, no, everything went well. It was yeah, and like I, I was watching the, the RPM coverage, you know, before we spoke, and you know, whenever you get the puncture, you you can see your head almost drops. And Ellen says, "Don't worry, you know you can you can afford to drop a minute. Don't worry, you know." And that was the great thing with Ellen; she was so switched on. She just knew what to tell you at that time. You just needed that reassurance. I got the information. It is like when far people went just like don't be panicking, settle uh-huh. thing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Most drivers and co-drivers that have been together for years, like do, and and uh, you need that trust both ways, and and, and it's a bit of a, no big thing, and you know, and I suppose you think on the thirty years now, like, and we're talking about Frank there, and just talk Frank's gone, Ellen's gone, and the number of people that mm-hmm. rest them are there are you know may they rest in peace, so they say. Uh, thirty years, like, and it's, it's probably good just to be here to be able to talk about it. Actually, so, <laughs> I guess enough one thing as you go on there, you know. Yeah. We'll be talking their days ourselves now, and like the, the one of the subjects is what tablets you're on. That one, <laughs> that, 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 what tablets are you on? Like, I'm on this one, and I have that one too. Right? There's a but, competition to see who's on the most tablets. Yeah. <laughs> so it's good to be talking. That's for sure. That's for sure. And like the other lovely thing too, at the end of the RPM coverage, um, I think it was Gary Gillespie asked Ellen, you know, what all of you's won this year. You know, it was like the Group N title. You know, second overall. You know, we've won the Cork Twenty outright. And then you say, oh, and as well as that, we've got the B seeding. You know, as well from we know we won Group N the Manx. Like it, it, it was like as close to perfection that year as you you could nearly wish for. Yeah, it was. 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 It
We didn't do anything wrong. So no. No, and, and I can't forget about that. Actually, the big thing then was like a, uh, it was a huge thing. Lovely thing to have a, a you know as a driver because you had to earn it, mm-hmm. and there wasn't many ways to earn it, and there wasn't many Irish guys I think actually got it. Yeah. And to get that, like it was kind of a wee bit different because you, you had to be. Um, it was World Championship rallies the first? Can't remember what it was, but if you won Group N on it, and uh, it had to be a coefficient twenty, which the Manx was. Mm-hmm. It was all the top European pain guys there, so it was the first three in the Manx or the one of the group ends. So uh, that was important then to beat Gunda that, <laughs> that event. Uh-huh. And, and, as, and as you no, say, Gundaf was, was there Gundaf was there to prove a point that like he was there fishing for the Ford Drive for ninety four. So like he was all there, all bells, all whistles. And yeah, he got, he got a puncher. But you didn't get a puncher. You were cute enough, and you you bet at your time. I'm aware that it's different strategy altogether. Like, yeah. like you know, he set some unbelievable times. Like and he's uh, on fantastic driver. Like but our job was to finish. But then just was just that thing to prove to yourself where you would be against someone of his caliber mm-hmm. uh, to get those couple of stages to say, okay, can we can we have a crack at this? Uh-huh. Um, that wasn't up, and then obviously going that lost enough time with the puncher that we were still that we, we were you know so it, uh, we just had to get enough pace to make sure we got the group in. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would have won group in the British Championship on I so um, everybody was happy. Yeah, and like you, you know, you talked about you know that team, you know uh, the Steve Black team. Like they give you a car and give you the team, give you the backup, and it just let you do what you enjoy doing best, driving the car, not having to worry about. Going out and trying to find budget or anything else, you were just able to step in and do your thing behind the wheel. I've made a lot of difference, and I think this all the guys now. You know, about it, like you see it there, the guys doing national championship and doing testing, and uh, it's all about seat time. And you know, I've been done a couple of rallies a year basically, that's all we did. And, um, we were going to events, and definitely there were many of discussion before it went to scrutiny, like, will we, will we go through with us or. <laughs> Well, we, well, we pulled the pan now, and that's that's real. Like that's genuine. That's the way we're in a bit of a wing and a prayer at times. Like, but uh, no, that was great because you just concentrated on doing what being a driver and sorting out your notes, doing a number of rallies that you'd actually evolved as a driver and improve. And like you know, uh, that's the biggest proof I got. You know, like from where I came from on the circuit to the end of the year, like um, it was comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it, it just felt right and it felt like natural and uh, the same time, like it's just, you know, with any young drivers and it's all about, it's all about doing rallies really and getting time in the car, if you can afford it. Yes, that's, that's the big one. Yeah, so like, you know, you know, there's like these guys starting corp now at the weekend, like, you know, the young guys coming up through, that's what the, the one piece of advice you would give them, get into a car, do as many events as you can at this stage. I think it's very important to do events, you know, and particularly if they're coming up and, and you're an up and coming, even you're starting out, like you, it's like learning your trade. Mm-hmm. As you do anything, you go and you learn the basics, you learn all the car control, you learn how to carry speed in small cars, you learn all the things that make you a good driver. And rallying's a bit different than everything else. Like every other sport, you can practice and train. Rallying's, you don't really, tra- so it's like it's so important to do events, to get out and be in the car, whatever it is, be it Honda Civic. Um, rally five car, rally two, you know, whatever it yeah. is, 
it's about getting the time and get, getting good at your notes, learning uh, how to do the events, getting your co-driver sorted out, getting the team sorted out, learning about your tyres, learning about all the things you, you know you need to do, and that comes from just doing events. Big thing to James, as always, you know, um, for all the young drivers out there, you know, the man says, get out there and do as many events as possible, and, you know, no better man to get advice from. Uh, I also got the chance to catch up with Kevin O'Driscoll. Uh, Kevin and myself kind of talk through the various different sort of who's doing what and all you know, coming up with the championship and all in mind. So without further ado, let's hear from Kevin. So Kevin, we're down to the penultimate round of the Tarmac Championship, Cork 20 this weekend. Um, we keep saying this, that this championship it never fails to live up to expectations and we're in for another cracking weekend again now in, in Cork. Yeah, I think so. Um, just looking there, I mean, the top, okay, well, numbers-wise, it mightn't be as strong as some of the other rallies this year, but yeah, the top end is looking impressive again. You know, um, with Callum there at the top with three on the bounce, you know, I mean, looking strong there now. He's 83 points. Um, Josh, 69. He's only winning West Cork now, changing the car mid-year probably, and getting used to probably isn't helping hugely. Uh, but still, he's in with, in, in with a shout. Marion is still plugging away there as well with the one win, and you know, okay, maybe like last year, was maybe slipped off a little pace, little bit of the pace in the middle of the year, but he finished second and third in Cork before, so you know you couldn't write him off if he gets a good run. Um, and uh, obviously Rob Barrable has actually has no form at all in Cork, and uh, you think Citroen was the last time he was there back in two thousand and ten. So, but like Rob is just Rob is, is quick and with Gordon with him, they've gone really well this year. I mean, obviously they're complete outsiders for the championship, but at the same time they could have a big say in where it goes. You know, based in positions and everything else. Like mm-hmm. he did tell me that in Donegal. It's not his luckiest event, and he said that, um, you know, I said fifth was a good position, but I think he would have been banking on maybe a few more to retire, which, you know, it was a very, very low retirement yeah. rate doing all this year, which is a bit unusual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, fifth overall, so, you know, isn't to be sneezy, a good result there. And obviously, Johnny, Johnny's had a mixed enough year on the tarmac this year, and Northern champion now, so that's that one out of the way. He could, he could go well, you know, as I said, the pressure, like he's probably, he can go for anything he wants to go for now, based at the, now that the, the Northern Ireland Championship is sorted, so, you know, you never know what might happen there. So there's, um, yeah, there's a bit of quality there in the top end. You also, of course, you have Declan Boyle and you have um, Michael Boyle, who Gareth McHale. Actually, Gareth and um, Josh and Callum are the only previous winners of the event, you know, so it's actually, compared to some rallies, uh, you know, there's only mm-hmm. there's only three Declan Boyle's there, he's never won the rally. Um, some top, you know, some Ryan Lockman could be an interesting one like that horse there as well. He had a really good run in Donegal in that car, so... Yeah, he's, you know, he, he comes really good Saturday afternoon away. into Sunday, didn't he? Yeah, yeah but so Ryan, Ryan is quick, I think. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, I think Ryan will be quick anywhere he goes anyway. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, you have David Kelly as well. You know, David, obviously, unfortunately, Donegal slipping off the road, but will be quick as well. Mm-hmm. And then you have the car drivers like uh, Owen Murphy, you know, Cal McCarthy, David Guest... You know, you'll they'll be there thereabouts. Daniel Barry actually as well. Daniel's and Wally doing around this year for a change. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's there's a, there's a good you know there's a good um, there's a good top in there overall. You know, to, to be fair, um, and then obviously you're hitting the the modifiers. Jason Black has has pulled his entry, for what I can see. But Eddie Doherty's leading the Tarmac Championship in the in the McAvoy Motorsport um, uh, Tarmac uh, modified, and mm-hmm. Gary Kiernan is. Um, is probably next up, but like as a Gary's a long way back now at this stage. So Eddie really, I think, up to solid finishes now here in the next. That's a kind of his to lose at this stage, isn't it? Really, you know. So yeah. pretty much, and only the confidence now too of having a couple of good results like Eddie McKilly and winning the Heartlands. So I think he'll be um, 
I think, you know, he, I don't think he'll, he'll throw it away now. I think he'll take it out as a top year. He doesn't need to go, get involved in a race or anything like that. No. Uh, James Stafford, of course, is probably going for a pre-wex for the run to be first time out. So yeah. I think he's built this year. Yes. Um, looking forward to seeing him in action because he's a very, very quick driver. And the nature of these roads, actually, they're, they're pretty smooth for the most part. I think they'll suit the Darien for a lot of it. It's not flat out roadway, but at the same time, they're very good surface roads and flowing stages, really nice stages, actually. So I think he'll go well there. Um and then of course Frank Frank Kelly's there. Frank's a lot of running done this year and really yeah, quick. And really has, quick uh, yeah, has been, yeah, has like has showed great pace this year, especially since Donegal. It just whatever it's it, you know, you could see it in him. Like he said he's starting to enjoy his rallying again. And like that's coming mm. through in his times as well. Like the fun's back and the times are back as well, which is great to see. Yeah, it is actually, you know, after the accident there, where, where was that? In the circuit, I think. Circuit learned, and, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. he's recovered well from that, but yeah, he's just really, really strong results since then so obviously that's shaken off anything any any nerves after that but he's uh yeah he's going really well and then of course you have some local drivers there uh colin Byrne, um mark dolphin keen walsh they'll you know they'll be quick as well on their own home patch as well mm-hmm. and obviously you have ollie Binton coming over from the uk ollie's quick as well so yeah all all well, guys um, go, no matter where he goes can be very quick in the class 13 car there as well <clears throat> um, but like you know I yeah think we should exactly. mention, you know you mentioned earlier there eddie doherty like eddie Maybe not fair to say he came out of nowhere this year, but he like his pace this year has been exceptional. Like as you mentioned, Emma Kelly, um, and then the the one earlier, the one that won the two wheel drive, getting the names gone from me now. But like he, mm, yeah, the Hartlands, yeah, he has gone everywhere this year, north, south, east, west, and proven his pace. It's great to see an, another new name in the modified field as well. Of course, yeah, it is, and I mean to be fair, he um. He's building up that pace during the year towards the back end of last year as well, a little bit, but definitely this year. Um, everybody, he's gone up there, he's been consistently quick mm-hmm. and always being in the top four or five times anyway. Like, even yeah. do you know, I mean, he's finishing rallies where, like, the likes of say Jason or Gary haven't finished rallies, he's finished them anyway, no matter yeah. what. And his times mm-hmm. aren't wouldn't suggest he's hanging around either, you know. So, he's he's yeah. um, he's well capable of, of mixing that. Like, I mean, he was quite ill actually in the McKinley where he had a head cold or a flu or something, a really yeah. bad one. And he said he had an excellent result there, you know. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, you're well, his chances were probably limited enough in catching Rob Duggan anyway, but it's probably less so when you're sick when you're having full form. Yeah. But he managed, managed to get a fine result down there. So, sure. yeah, and I wouldn't be overly surprised, you know, look, depending how James Stafford gets back in after, if he's out there with the Darien, um, you know, I think Eddie will be winning top three or four again well comfortably, I think, if he keeps the, main, the same pace up, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and even going just going down to the RC2, RC4, sorry, there you have, you know, you have the likes of um, Matthew Boyle, Casey J. Coleman, Ian Lloyd, Keen Colby, Shane Quinn. There's some good battles going on between them all this year as well. And it'll be interesting one to see how that goes as well here. Because yeah. you know, the, the the, them guys are, you know, them guys, it's fascinating the battles that them young guys are having. Like, it, there can be stages and like, yeah. there could be four of them separated, like, be two seconds or something together. You know, yeah. and, and there's no lack of commitment to no, really pushing is, hard, you know. Yeah. And like, each and every one yeah. of them are just real, you know, it's brilliant to watch. You know, and it just yeah, gives you yeah. such great confidence for the future of Irish Rally when you see them guys going so well. Yeah, it is. And the fact that there's such great racing going on there as well, and there's no one kind of, kind of overly standing out. Each one has their own kind of uh, rounds, and it wasn't like anything. It's a lot of these guys just building up the pace for this year to move on to, you know, another year. And I mean, kind of divided after a couple of years yeah. and look where he is now. So, you know, it is, it's, it is a good, it's a good starting point. It's a good testing ground for, for young drivers. Mm-hmm. Um, then of course we'd be just moving on into the historics, which instantly only first on the road. So which is a very interesting concept. Yeah. I think the last time I remember that happening was um the 
Rally of the Lakes actually maybe seven, eight, nine years ago. I used to do it when it was part of the European Rally Championship. Oh, yes. um, historic for historics. But yeah, I think it's worse than Cork who tried it now. But it's um yeah, it, it, it's an interesting concept. You know, I think the pace of the historics has gone, you know, to the level that they're enjoyable to watch and it's great to give them their moment in the sun, I think. Mm-hmm. I think they're brilliant to watch. Um, yeah. you know, I, I kind of really bought into the whole idea of they're they're guys worth waiting around for the end of the field and I know in West Cork uh, they get seated into the field on the second day. Uh, here they're getting the front of the field, so you know mm-hmm. you'll get to see them from the start. And I think you know it's it's nice to see how I, I think it's it's a worthwhile it's a worthwhile um, venture. It'll be great to see how how it goes. You know, certainly there'll be a bit of excitement there at the start anyway. You know, so um, <clears throat> that's in the um, simply historic. I suppose Duncan Williams. I'm not sure if he's won the title, but he's pretty close. I think I, I think he needs a, a point or a couple of points. I think that, that, that yeah, he's pretty much yeah. Uh, Any kind of finish, I'd say, and I will see him through. Yeah, he's yeah. 51 points ahead, so I mean, I don't see him being caught. Yeah. Uh, Neil Williams, I think, yeah, Neil is former champion, uh, has won the, the Cork 20 historic before. So, again, he has much riding done this year in the RMX um, series, but I fancy him. Michael McKay is going to be very quick again. Uh, mm-hmm. Trevor Wilson has been really quick, and he switched on to the escort now since Tony Gall. Yeah. So, um, I think there are guys that will be pretty. Thomas Davies is back from Wales. Thomas isn't slow. You know, Alan Tracy is done with historic escort. Local driver, very very quick. So interesting mm-hmm. how he gets on an escort after years and years in a in a twin cam. So yeah, it it will be interesting. And going all the way down, you've likes of Mark Valvey, Philip Rogers, Pat Walsh, all quick drivers. You know, so I think they'll all. Um, I think uh, it'll be an interesting battle there and see how how it goes. And yeah, um, I do think the, juniors, the, I do yeah, think sorry. being first in the road, I think will be fascinating. You know, it'd be great to have so many extra eyes on them now as well too. You know, you know, we yeah. know ourselves that you know a lot of people go and they get the you know the top 10, 15 cars and they disappear again. But to be there to see mm-hmm. the historics through as well, like, you know, we've watched them through and the, the, the they are brilliant to watch. You know, it's maybe the, the tires maybe just don't have as much grip as the, the modern cars. And they do tend to be a bit more sideways, but it doesn't get away from the speed and the commitment of the guys, either. No, no, no. I mean, I'd say if you do a comparison on times, you probably see most of these guys are putting in times are in the top 25, I'd say. You know, the yeah. top guys are definitely doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm always minded of um, Bjorn Wallagard years ago in Killarney, if you remember rightly, back in 94 time when he came into Porsche and he was hitting times in top 15, you know, in a car that was really historic yes. at that time as well. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, yeah, I think it's um, I think it's a good idea. I think, I think I'd like to see how it goes, and hopefully, it will work well. Um, yeah, and as I said, it's to me. I do remember. I think going back to last year's West Cork Rally, actually, as well, and even last year's Cork Twenty as well. Just hanging around, just to see them on their first stage, the historics is is something else. Yeah. To see them out as the first cars on the road, and even better again. I yeah, think you know, and I'm looking sure. forward to that side of it. Yeah, and like you, you know, know, so um, you know, we did kind of briefly touch on the the top guys, like the championship. You know, with the points and a half going into the Ulster, and you know, which is only three weeks away, really, at this point. Um, Challenge, mm. you know, it's, it's, you know, how do you play Cork? Do you go for broke and go for the one, or do you, you know, go for the finish? Mm. Uh, uh, Callum's not yeah. the kind of guy that just tilts about either. He likes he likes to push on, so it's hard. It's hard to imagine them just tilting about and picking up points. Uh, I can see Callum maybe want to try and go for it this weekend. Yeah, it's an awkward one, and. You don't really want to give your opponents the the initiative either, you know. Um, if say for example he sat back and paid third or fourth, all of a sudden you know you could have Marion, you could have Robert, you could have Josh pulling in, you know, and dropping scores in in the middle of it all could yeah. just throw the whole thing, you know, out. But I think anything anything in the top two will, will probably be a good strong result for Callum anyway. Mm-hmm. Going to, you know, I'd imagine territory that he'd be familiar with next in three weeks' time, you know, 
you know, about Josh, I suppose. But mm-hmm. I think it's just, you know, I think steady she goes for Callum. He'll have to, I think he'll have to go hard. He doesn't need to go all out, but I think he'll have to stay, you know, kind of within reach because, it, like, with the speed of those guys, those top five guys, um, it would be very easy to, you know, suddenly find yourself slipping back to fourth or fifth, which is definitely not a result you want yeah. because that's nearly a drop score for you. And you don't really want people that pressure on yourself going into the last round. But I think anything in the top, if, if Callum gets top two, you know, one of the top two places, I think it'd be very hard to stop at that stage. Yeah. But if you remember last year, Josh had to mind the car going around the Ulster on the last stage as well. And, you know, as I said, that's not an easy thing to do either. You know, no, I, um, think, I think Josh just was a bit tighter this year. Probably one of the hardest rallies ever drove was. You know, driving with yeah, the finish fourth, yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. And as yeah, you mentioned, so, there drop scores. Yeah. Like, um, you know, Josh has a drop score. Marion has a drop score already. Like, so, you <clears> know, like, Callum's probably Galway's probably his worst score. Like, as and a fifth place Galway finish. Third, probably, I think it was a third or fourth or something like that. Yeah, uh, the third or fourth from coming in Galway. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. So, so like, I mean, that just shows you the quality of Irish tarmac. And you're just counting the fifth place finishes your worst score, like <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it just shows shows as well. Of course, take that points, take take those points off him at the moment. And of course, he's back in in the mix with the other guys, you know. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you know, at that stage, he's he's made advantages that he's won three rounds. But yeah. um, you know, an honor a bad finish here because suddenly you know just throw the whole thing on his head. So mm-hmm. you know, yeah. And so, the court um, is one of those events that always sort of tends to throw. Like a curveball into the mix, you know, we've it has got so much history over the years. Yeah, I mean, like it's probably it's like it's one of the oldest rallies in Ireland. It's going back pre war basically, like, you know, but and twenty came from the twenty hour trial that they used to run back in the day. So that's where it all started. And it kind of transferred over to stage rallying kind of in the late sixties, early seventies, part of the National Rally Championship in those days and probably one of the first rallies that Billy Coleman would have won, you know, rallies of prestige, we'll say. Mm-hmm. Um she was a founding member of the Tarmac Championship in 1978, so kind of, um, but it became an international in 1977. But even in the years before that, when it was national, it was attracting good quality drivers, you know, for the time of the year as well, you know. So it's one kind of from August, September, October, November time in the last 50 years. So it's always it's been. Yeah. So, but most this obviously this is the second time they've done done um, they've rallied in in August, but typically it would be in the end of September, start of October. But it would have, um, yeah, it would like it would it's. It's a fairly storied rally. I mean, they don't always get the best of entries because of the end of the year. Mm-hmm. It's been the last round of the tarmac a good few times. It's back in the penultimate round now at the moment. So, um, you know, so, but it's an interesting rally, and you know, there's there's several things about it. I mean, like look at the look at the drivers that have come over the years. Like for example, you've you uh, Said Al Hajri and Ari Batten, you know, Sebastian Loeb have all won the rally. Mm-hmm. Mark Lovell, you know, Mark Higgins, these guys are there. Os McHale's first international win back in 1983 you know and look at that career he had after that so um you know you probably remember the famous one with austin getting the flyer of i guess billy in 1985 you know mm-hmm. you have fisher and and simon davis and billy coleman crashing into the, in the same corner in 87 like there's loads mm-hmm. and loads of stories there you've kenny mckinstry's last gas win we'll say over uh a family uh, yeah. Stephen Finley in 94 yeah, you know? yeah it's uh-huh. it's it's turned the whole cha- like it's turned the championship basically on its head a few times, and uh, mm-hmm. you also had James Cullen winning it in Group in car in '93. Yeah. So yeah, we speak to James as well in this episode as well too. You know, so. yeah, and I suppose another another one like it was always one of the hard. It was always one of the hardest rallies for Bertie Fisher to win back in the day as well. You know, I mean, there's lots of times he left the championship behind him on it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you also had uh, uh, Roy White winning his only international day. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Marty McCormick winning it as well. Yeah, so like there's a few. 
there's another year booking in the amount of things that have happened there over that time, you know. And um, yeah, like it's 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 an interesting. It's like it is the oldest club in Cork as well, the, the Munster Car Club. So they probably use lots of corners of the county in terms of running rally. So that you know, different areas have gone to different places, like Mill Street, for my now this year down in just the you know just off the mate. Um, you know, so there's. There's good roles there. There's good, like, and a good team there as well. Like, you Kevin O'Reilly and Paul Brown. Kevin running the rally. Paul is deputy. Paul has won the rally a few times. Paul is also sponsoring the junior championship, which I must make mention of as well, obviously. So, um, you know, so, uh, yeah. And, like, as I said, it's it's it's, it's an interesting rally. I remember another one actually Billy Coleman bringing the G3 to That's right. uh, the Cork 20, one of my first rallies back in 81 to see yeah, the Nick car. Yeah, it came out of retirement, so, didn't they, almost at that stage? Yeah, yeah, yeah and it came out in that car. That was a, just a big deal at the time and mm-hmm. crap weather, but a lot of people came out just to see that. Yeah. Um, but going back to the rally itself, um, yeah, it was like just this weekend, like just 15 stages over two days. So you have um, an early start, enough, nine o'clock. Um, it's two stages twice in the morning and two stages twice in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, stay, two of those stages in the morning actually are used last year. Uh, not in the same form, but pretty similar. Uh, and the other two have been run in the past in, down that side, inch down near Killa. And uh, I think it's, what's the other one called? Coral, something other. I can't stop name it again. Uh, Coraglass, sorry, Coraglass. So then on Sunday, they're going up around where they were last year. Uh, Chimney Field, very, very famous old circuit of Ireland stage, come back to the 60s, and Badgers Hill, and another one called Malantara. Now, on Sunday, what they're doing is they're running the Malantara stage three times, and they're running the other two twice, so a total of mm-hmm. 15 stages, yeah. 230 kilometres, so it's a really, really tough, long test. Um, and it's a good, you know, it's a good challenge. I mean, it's going to be, I've seen some of the roads in the past, and they are good roads. They're really, they do flow, they're, um, they're not car-breaking stages, just they're you know they're real they're a good challenge they're a good test and um i think um i think it should be a good event you know i'll be on the back of that the paul brown's um historic uh, the junior championship actually paul brown um Santar, the junior championship actually has three cork drivers in the running for um the term uh, the junior title yeah so robbie o'hannon is on 50 darrow on 44 and then barry mcintyre is on 35 and then ben mcintyre for kevin Stu McIntyre is in the top four. He's in third place. All three are entered, and it's been nip and tuck with a lot of those guys this year. Yeah. Dara has been pretty quick in most of them, but hasn't finished all of that. He's, Robbie's been consistent. And Sunday stages will be quite, you know, fairly close to where he'll be from. Um, and obviously, Ben is doing a bit of a travelling to, to that rally, but it's actually any one of those four, as far as I can see, can, can win the championship. So, it's, you know, that's... I don't recall any junior championship that's had four drivers in the running for it, which, you know, it's still a couple of rounds to go, so... Um, so that's a good one as well, and I think yeah, I think all oh, the other thing is that the rally is based out of the Martin Rock Red Cormac as well. That's where oh, service yeah. and all that is. So mm-hmm. you know, um, our stage is nine o'clock Saturday morning, and the last car is sorry, the first car is due in on Sunday evening. If I can find my times here, uh, Sunday stages find the right stage. Yeah, so in around uh, half past four on Sunday evening is yeah. uh, is when the First car should be into finish ramp, uh, and it's a bank holiday weekend, so crews will have the Monday off to recover as well too. So that's always a bonus as well. Yeah, they will. They will. I suppose one one thing I would observe about that is, and again, it's probably an old one. It's possibly one of the reasons why the entry levels maybe aren't as high. It's just just a busy weekend. Um, yeah. You know, it is. It is something I noticed this year and last year that for the quality of the stages and you know for the organising team is probably not. They probably didn't get the numbers that they would have liked to have got. And I'd say quite possibly it is down to, to that weekend. It is just a holiday weekend. And that's, yes, that's, a lot of people's away. That probably has an impact on it. Yeah, yeah, people do go away. And I think that's, that is, and going, yeah. that's an issue. I mean, yeah, it is. Now, having said that, it's, 
<laughs> from personal experience, it's a lot nicer to watch the Cork 20 in August time down there than it would, than it would be in the depths of October at times, you know, yes. back back in the day. But um, but yeah, but at the same time, look, it's it's still a, it's still a good strong entry. It's ultimate round, so there's still a lot to play for across mm-hmm. the different categories. And oh, well, and the live streams back as well as we can, we think as well too. So yeah, oh yeah, it is. I believe yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll be able to keep in track of things. You know, it has been out since. Uh, Circling was it circled the last rally it was out on, I think. Yeah. Uh, yes, would have been. Yeah, would have been. Yeah. Yes, the first three rounds, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I think so. But, um, and, and then yeah, also and I'm sure Kelly will be there as well to keep us up to date as well. Yeah, I'm yeah, it's, I assume they will. I haven't heard whether or which, but I, I'm guessing that they will. And mm-hmm. there will be plenty, uh, we'll have plenty of uh, information handed out over the weekend anyway. That's the main thing. And I suppose the last thing I want to wish is uh, make sure everyone, hopefully, everyone has a safe weekend and the best of luck to Kevin and the team. Thanks very much there to Kevin. Uh, it's going to be a fascinating battle in Cork and just be interesting to see how all those different classes will sort themselves out. And will we have a champion at the end of it or will we have to go down to the, the final round of the points and a half in the Ulster Rally? That's going to be very exciting. Um, as I mentioned earlier, um, something different to finish the show off this week. Shane Barry and John Doherty. Uh, uh, Shane and his partner, Tracy uh, Wickey, uh, had a used the wrong McDonald house a few years ago and spent they more or less lived in it for 16 months when their their daughter was seriously ill and they wanted to pay something back that they back to the wrong McDonald house and also Keynes kennels and so they come up with this mad idea for himself and John Dougherty to ride two horses from Donegal to Dingle um what can we say a mad idea a, a massive adventure but no point me telling you all about it let the two guys explain so I seen on social media that uh, two these two men here decided to ride two horses from Donegal to Dinkle. I don't know whether it was a mad idea or an inspired idea, but maybe you could tell the, the story behind it. Good morning. Um, yeah, I suppose it is a bit of a, a mad idea, so to speak. Uh, right. <laughs> so John were actually out uh, hunting one, was it last February? Or, uh, about that. Back last February. Yeah. yeah. We said we'd like to do uh, I'd like to do something different uh, to raise money for these two charities because I spent 16 months more or less in Ron McDonald's. We had to close up the house and move to Dublin when our daughter was born. Uh, so we said we'd like to give back in a different way. <laughs> so I suggested why don't we ride from uh, Donegal to Dingle? And on two horses. Um, I was looking up at the time. I <laughs> said, I said yes, thinking this is never going to happen. This is a mad idea. Uh, and uh, Shane's going to be a mad idea. But then I was a man of my word. So when he came back, he was training with horses. And I thought, nah, he's, uh, this isn't going to happen. He's not going to go ahead with us. Like, and he just come back with more ideas, more plans. And then we started really planning. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is happening. <laughs> That was happening when I when I realised it was happening, he sent uh, a, a poster of two horses with their faces photoshopped into it, and I was like, <laughs> "There's no backing out now." <laughs> uh, but yeah, not uh, definitely. Uh, it's a big undertaking, but it's well planned and well thought out um, for for uh, our safety, the horses' safety, and paying raise as much money and uh, as possible for the the Ron McDonald and Keynes Kennels. As Shane says, they they went through uh, 16 months and without them, they probably wouldn't have managed to you know, get through it as, as well as they did. And they were looked after when their area 
those who's getting uh, looked after, they were just uh, far away with you. Mm-hmm. No, just across the road, across the road, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For them to, and for them to have their dogs with them when they That's needed a, an added bonus because we were relying on friends and neighbours to look after the dogs and then it was just becoming too much. So Keen's Kennels, they, what they do is they, if your child is in Crumlin, uh, they'll come to your house, lift the dog, they'll take it up to Dublin. They have a facility at the hospital then that the kids can come out and they get to visit the dog and then they'll take it home again. But in our case, we were the sort of the first, I suppose, maybe a trial run for them to keep uh, long term. So our dogs were kept up in the DSPCA and we could go out and any, we could go anytime we wanted to go and walk them. So any chance we got, whenever we'd get someone to sit with Aria, we'd go and go just get out of the hospital for a walk. Yeah, because like you know, like the dog is a part of your family, like and it, you know, there's just you know, you love the dog, the dog loves you back, and it's a good way of kind of maybe sometimes just getting that you know half hour, an hour away too as well to get you out of that hospital setting and a wee bit of normality having the dog to take for a walk. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, just anything to get you out of the hospital was a bonus. Hear the head for an hour or whatever, but uh, as you say, me, but them time or me time, whatever they needed. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like you know, like as you uh, like mentioned there, like two fantastic charities and like Ronald McDonald House, like it has provided care for families for years now, and it's 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 vital that people can support this in any way, shape, or form. How do people go about donating? Uh, we have uh, we have an I donate page. It's uh, I donate areas Donegal to Dingle Trek. And we have buckets. We're out in the road. We have buckets. The girls, the sport team have buckets. Uh, my partner and her friend Curry and little Jenna Rose is along with us as well. And uh, we have a, we actually we have a huge team. Uh, yeah. We like we just I suppose we want to thank yeah, them. Thank everyone, well. yeah. Without the people uh, around yeah. us, we couldn't do it. Like uh, it's just like everyone sees two two cowboys on top of horses, and, and that's all they see. But if they see what's going on behind, like we couldn't do it. We're if we were on our own, we wouldn't be able to do it. Um, so we got as far as Claire Morris yesterday. Yeah, and uh, we, we, we uh, really the 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 reception we get in there. And I suppose you need a, you're the horseman. You did yeah, it. well, yeah. I didn't have all the horses. I had to put a team together. So without without the help of other people like uh, Noel McGowan and Kenneth Rush up in Kaluni, he gave me couple of horses and Hugh Moran so we put a team of horses together between the whole lot of us so without them we wouldn't be able to do it yeah I think that you know that just shows the generosity of spirit you know of people across the country that are willing to come together for a good cause like you know this you know this is a rally podcast normally but like this is what you know again what we're always saying about rallying the the, 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 the spirit of the people Always yeah, we got a huge response from the whole we were getting messages all over the country, people offering us places to keep the horses and uh, keep ourselves, you know, anything we need. There there have been texts them in and I I find with the the rally community, I I'm only getting to know the horse community because I'm only a novice at this stage. Like uh, I'm getting better day by day, but uh, the horse community seems to be as 
as generous as the rally community. They're uh, all those people there to lend a hand, and it's it's not even not just the money is great to get the nations in, but it's not just the money. It's helping you out. As Shane said really yesterday, we were, yeah, we had we had a guy yesterday came from Galway up to put two shoes on one of the horses first. So he, we just had to make a phone call or two, and it's kind of a different roadside assistance that I have <laughs> 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 you know. Uh, but uh, I, see, I I'm I'm blown away by the amount of people want to help, like all the horse community, like the whole way down the country. They've been contacting. Actually, Kevin, the guy that contacted, he he has been, been amazing. He's been amazing behind the scenes there, like and uh, he's been kind of con- like people contacting him because he's been up a few posts and. He's really a mess because we're on the road. We, we can't be on the phone when we're on the horse. And yeah. then our support team, they're driving. They're doing it. They're kind of keeping making sure we're right and keeping our safe today. Like, so when somebody behind the scenes like that, it makes a massive, massive difference for the, the publicity side of things, you know. And that's what it's all about, getting, uh, getting it publicized and getting people kind of awareness of what we're doing and why we're doing it. Yes. And uh, and that will in return uh, up to the nations and, you know, get as much in for these two charities. I say they, they deserve to get as much as possible um you know so but the, the main thing you want to put is like everyone sees the two cowboys and yes. the horses but you have to think of the team behind it as well like all the people like supplying horses and do, donating food mm-hmm. feed and stuff and i like and without all that uh like it's not possible we we, we couldn't do it you know yeah. and like you talked about you know people along the road where are, are people likely to see you over the next few days uh, we're leaving. <clears throat> we're having a rest day today, just for our own. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, tomorrow morning we're leaving Clermaris. Probably around the ten o'clock mark. We we don't be tied to a time, but hopefully around between ten and eleven we'd be leaving Clermaris and heading towards Tume. And we'll see when we get to Tume. We we'll see what time we get to Tume at, and if we're going to go, we might go a wee bit further. Then we're going down into Clear Galway, Claren Bridge, Kilcolgan, down Ballyvaughan, Mistyngarna, down by the Cliffs of Moher, uh, Dune Beg, uh, <laughs> Milltown Malbay. I think we're going down that way and across on the ferry of Tarbert and uh, into Curry then and head on for Dinga, Tralee, the Stole Tralee. Dinga, yeah. hopefully. Well, <laughs> no bother to you. And like, this is like, it's really capturing the public's imagination. Like, as, you know, as you say, the two cowboys on a horse, uh, on the horses. But like, you know, this is something that's probably never been done before and maybe never will be again. But it is. Not been over again. People asking, are we going to do it again next year? Or <laughs> people actually asking, are we riding back up again? Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the bus back. Yeah, but isn't it isn't it fantastic the way that this has captured the the public's imagination? That people are just I suppose it's something about animals and all that too. People just yeah. love to see that side of things, don't they? And then the it's, like, it's brilliant to see, see the kids come up and a smile in their face, like you know that's the animals. They just look. They horses are unbelievable. Like, uh, and when you can see them, you're driving along and see kids looking out the window waving. You know, it's it does. It's, it's I'll tell you, it's well worth it. The, yeah. the sore bots are worth it. <laughs> we actually, we're, uh, we're actually in. We actually had them in Declan Boy in Michael Boyle's pub there in uh, Sligo. We had them in the pub <laughs> up in the back of us. On <laughs> uh, uh, was a Sunday Sunday evening, we got Sunday, in Sligo. Yeah. So uh, Michael put up a few pints for us there, and 
Brilliant. We had them up in Gracie's up the back and the lads are all out taking pictures and Excellent. It's great track. Yes. Well men, let the two cowboys get the dingle. Uh I'm just delighted to you know, and we'll put up a wee link of that, you know, the the GoFundMe page will put up a link that was in the description that's as well of the video. So that's good. I and when do you hope to get to Dingle? When will people expect to see you Dingle? Uh hopefully uh Friday week, Friday the eleventh. Yeah. Uh hopefully sometime after lunch. Mm-hmm. Friday the eleventh. Yeah. I, now, uh, there's pages up there on social media that people can go and look at as well with all the details on yeah, as well. We have a Facebook page, it's Aria's Adventures, or you can find us on either myself, Shane Barry, or John Doherty. There's plenty of stuff up on Facebook. Ron, Ron McDonald House have it up, and Keen's Kennels as well. Yeah, uh, You can find us on any of them as well. Yeah, well... Please, if you can, in any way, shape or form, donate. It's going to a fantastic charity. Uh, you know, the two charities have provided use with great, you know, great care over the, uh, the, you know, the 16 months. And no doubt, you know, we never know when we meant to do them ourselves. No, that's like people don't know when they, when they'll ever need a guy. Thank, I've never needed it, these charities, but you know what, I see the work they've done uh, for people, and again, it's just uh, unbelievable. So the only thing I could like to say is if everybody could keep the support we're getting, Phenomenal, but if we keep that going, the momentum going is looking down through the down to the country, it would be just brilliant. Just keep people getting behind us and supporting the cause, it would be, it'd be uh, brilliant. And if anybody wants to come out and join in, you're more than welcome. Yeah. Trying to do a couple of miles with us, hey, it's more. Yeah, we had, uh, we had a few join in in Donegal and a couple in Sligo, and uh, I think there's a few more joining when we get down <coughs> all the way somewhere. And uh, but if anybody wants to join in, even on a bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> Come join the Cowboys. Well, men, oh, yeah. I wish you the very best and no doubt we'll be hearing from you again soon. So thanks to the two Cowboys there, uh, John and Shane. Um, you know, what a fantastic adventure they're having and the, you know, what a story they're going to have to the time is all finished. So if you can in any way, shape or form, donate. Even if you can't donate money, if you can, you know, help them out in any way, shape or form, you know, like if you can feed them, feed the horses, whatever, you know, all those things will make a huge difference for the, the, the guys and their team there as well too. So, and the Sinai Donate Aria's Adventure, I'm sure if you Google that, you'll come up with it in the world at all. So, Connor, uh, before we go, I suppose we should mention Rala Madeira, Madeira this weekend. Uh, Chris Meek and Brian Hoy is out with uh, Chris this weekend, the latest round of their Portuguese Rally Championship in the Highland. Then the see how they get on, so fingers crossed for the two guys there. Absolutely, yeah, and switching on to Tarmac for, for this round of the Portuguese Championship, so... Uh... Fingers crossed now, and uh, if we can get another strong result or a win there, just to, to help Chris along in that bid for the championship. For sure, for sure. Uh, you know, oh, before we go as well, can you please like, share, rate, you know, subscribe, all those things will keep saying they make such a difference. But also, you know, if there's anything that you, know, you feel would make a great story or anything that we can help promote the sport in a better way, uh, drop us an email at crunchinggears at yahoo.com. It would be fantastic to hear from you. We love getting the feedback, you know, on the shows. So if anything that pops into your head, just please drop us an email at any time. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. If you search Crunching Gears and either of those, you'll come up with our pages. Drop us a message. Feel free. We'd love to hear from you. So that's it. Until the next time. Take care. Speak soon. And bye. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> oh,